Deathwatch. Welcome to Death Watch Productions. This is Justin. I will be your keeper uh, for this session of Call of Cthulhu, Seeker of the Depths. Uh, we had a bit of a an issue with the saving of the recording last week, so we lost the second half of it. So I'll do a quick recap. Um, after Dr. McTarnahan soaked his feet, everyone <clears throat> bedded down for the night. In the morning, they woke up and they went into the cave. Uh, they traveled down quite a ways where they found the hub that um, G.E. Kincaid had mentioned in his uh, original report. They had followed another passage down and found some uh, semi-mummified human creatures um, laid out on platforms. And uh, one of them had broken open and one of those lizard-like creatures had... Uh, come out, and while they were discussing what had happened there, um, a Hopi woman approached them. Um, during that undertaking, uh, William Sterling had uh, lost his mind, and uh, mm -hmm. he had uh, reverted to believing that everything that was going on was uh, an, a dig in Egypt that he had already been on uh, previously. Um, so we're going to be picking up from uh, the point where instead of going into the cave, the characters wake up in the morning and realize that each of them had had a shared dream of the experience and they have yet to go into the cave. Uh, so to start things off, let's uh, do character introductions. Um, Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Dr. Eugene McTarnahan. Uh, PTSD has forced me to take a sabbatical and that sabbatical has led me to uh, a bunch of caves in the middle of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> uh, Brandon, I'll be playing Arthur Johansson, a simple man that has spent most of his Straight life shooter. on the Colorado <laughs> River as a guide. And uh, I know nothing about Egypt or Egyptians, but I've already seen some things here that are quite disturbing to me. I'm Travis. I'm playing James Higgins, an occultist and scholar in other abnormal studies. And I'm probably very alarmed at the state I'm in after having such a dream. So vivid. Does he? This is occult type stuff. And but, John? Uh, what? And I'm John playing uh, Harold Jacobson, a dead family survivor and uh, Indian friend. We'll call it that. Mm. I was uh, currently taking jobs with Arthur Johansson, who has also never been to Egypt or knows about Egyptian things. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, the next morning you all wake up. You, you're a little bit shaken by this weird dream. Like, it seemed a little too real for you. Uh, but w once you get up and move in, yeah, everything seems okay. Um, although you do notice that William Sterling and G.E. Kincaid have both gone missing. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll pick up from there. Yeah, I'll walk out of my tent with uh, my flask open and I'll be drinking <laughs> because I had such an odd dream th th uh, last night that I've decided to move my drinking to the morning <laughs> and not drinking before bedtime. Hopefully that will 
even things out. (laughs) (laughs) You are blameless. I am. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, did anybody see Kincaid or Sterling this morning? Oh, look around. (laughs) I have not seen him. I've not seen either of them. Um, Did anybody hear him leaving in the night? I no. Harold, will you see if you can find some tracks? Yeah, I can look for some tracks. What about? Because I think we were having our porters stand to watch. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Uh, no, your porters had had gone. Uh, they're going down the river to get, oh, okay. meet you mm-hmm. at the next spot. Right. Okay. So perhaps they traveled with the the porters. I so you had kind of mentioned. So hard. <laughs> hard. So yeah, for the tracks. Um, yeah, it looks like. They just walked out of their tents. Like you can see footprints out in front of their their tents, and yeah, they head off. In which direction? In the direction of the cave that you guys are going. Okay, so they must have wanted to get ahead of us. Which is one of the dumbest things I can think of them doing. Well, they are. There's nothing for it but to catch up, I would think. But uh, doctor, you mentioned a disturbing dream. If you don't mind asking, what was the nature of it? Ah, uh, some hogwash about, I don't know, a bunch of mummified bodies or something on like some, was it altars? Yeah. Some altars or something inside one of these caves, just a <clears throat> bunch of rubbish. Because you guys been filling my heads with all this weird oogie boogie stuff. Interesting. I had I had the very same dream. Hmm. I had a similar <laughs> what do I know? dream. I wonder if the dream my... caused the madness. To take hold, and that's why they... My sanity is a bit lower. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about Kincaid and uh, Sterling. But probably the doctor, too. I mean, why not? Well, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Mm, What I was asking you before when we were doing character introduction was, does he subscribe or ascribe to the... like? um, I'm trying to remember the word, like... uh, the meaning and dream uh, oh, yeah, yeah. type stuff. Yeah. I figured uh, he would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how... I always lose track of how mainstream that sort of thing is in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. I think Freud, like his writings are only like 30 years old or something. Yeah, haven't quite caught on yet. All right. But uh, I mean, I probably... If it is esoteric or like fringe knowledge, it, I guess there would be a chance I had studied it. What do you think, Justin? Is there anything from my learned background that would uh rule your occult so did he take my shot with, uh, with him too or with um, get that back advantage not advantage um a bonus a die. bonus die yeah i'll just roll another one uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i rolled a because uh, that would be yeah it still would have been the the 73 that you had originally yeah. rolled you can the lowest one you can buy buy the roll if you want or Hmm. Um, you could push it and get, uh, yeah, I guess I'll take a look at my journal to change it to the library use check. Yeah. Yep. So that does remind me of something and I'll start flipping through (laughs) shielding my, my journal search from the good doctor. So he took offense to it last time. (laughs) (laughs) I got a success regular. All right. So, yeah, you have heard of, um, especially when dealing with uh, cultists or odd deities and whatnot, that 
there have been portents or even lucid dreaming where people have experienced real situations in a dream or even been transported to other places, other worlds. So, okay. Now that being said, it was a dream and your mind still kind of slowly sheds it as, as you work through the morning. So even though it, it has stuck with you, it's, it is slowly fading. Well, it is curious, but I think the business of following Kincaid and Sterling should be our top concern. As Sterling is missing, I am now the leader of this expedition. I agree with your first part. I disagree entirely with I the went, second. I went to that, sir. James is too unsure of himself. But I do agree. Uh, if they have uh, ventured in either under their own cognition or lack thereof, that we should definitely pursue them. They could be injured by now. Lord knows that... <laughs> Um, what's his name? The leader of this expedition. Kincaid. Uh, Lord knows that Kincaid ain't got a brain in his yeah. noggin. Yes, but I find it very out of character for Sterling. This, he's normally very careful. I don't know. To a fault, yeah. some might say. Uh, you know him better than I do, but he had all them uh, Egyptian ratins that had gotten into his noggin, too. Uh, he, I think he got the, the scent, something special going on, so he, he's probably got a wild hair up him. Well, guides are Arthur and Harold. Are you guys ready to set out this morning? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yes. I think we just, because uh, they had packed up most of the camp. So what, we just probably had yeah, you just had the personal belongings. The basics, you know, uh, yeah. some bedrolls, a, a tent. Yeah, so I'll roll up my stuff and get ready to go. Yeah, I'll uh, gather up my travel medical bag and uh, the shotgun. And uh, get ready. All right. all set out tracking Sterling and Kincaid's tracks to the cave. Make sure that they still follow that direction. All right. So we'll continue using your hard track success um, for right now. Um, yeah, you you follow their tracks. It They seem to be walking like you can see more scuffs and stumblings than you would, you would normally expect from them. So... Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like they were walking normally. Like it, the best you can like drunk almost. Yeah, or? drunk or or um, slightly dazed or you know you've seen the same kind of tracks from people who are suffering from like heat stroke or something like that, where they're not not fully in their senses. So yeah, you'll see like a a step, and then you'll see like them drag one foot and then pick it up and put it down and veering off or snaking. Yeah. But still just generally headed towards that cave? Almost like a beeline. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what I needed, there was a climb there. Yep. And I remember doing it in my dream. Yep. So uh, go ahead and make your climb check. All right. Yeah, you scramble up with no problem. Um, as you're climbing up, though, you you see little bits of um, of blood on the rocks almost as if somebody had like scraped themselves and and left a little little uh drip here smear there yeah neither of those men were very accomplished climbers so if they made it up here through some miracle obviously they scraped themselves up a bit that's what i'll say down to harold um down at the bottom and then i'll tie off a rope and throw it down yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) sack of potatoes and back up 
All right. So yeah, once you get up to the top, it it's kind of eerie the that it's the same as it was before. Once again, you see the same Hopi uh, glyphs uh, that are written just inside the cave, and and yeah, even the statues. Like you, you get as you're moving in, you get that feeling of deja vu, like every step of the way almost. The only thing that's different is you don't have Kincaid in the background, you know, lauding his his own accomplishments and. All right, but uh, was it Sterling that read these? Or was it Harold? Um, these Hopi signs. Who wrote these? Harold ones? read the Hopi ones. Um, Sterling had had translated some of the Egyptian ones into, uh, or translated some of the other runes. Okay. Uh, using the Egyptian tablet that is still just on the other side of the door um, that you had gone through in your dream, and once again now. Yeah, you had said there were parallels to Anubis and right. the underworld. Yeah, and rebirth. Yep. Okay. Well. Um, so yeah, Harold. Yeah, you you see the Hopi runes um, just inside the cave, and and once again have no problem translating them as you know the I believe it was the path of uh, resurrection uh, path or of re- something. Path rebirth of resurrection or yeah. something like that. Yeah, resurrection and rebirth. And the tracks are still going in this way. Yep. Once again, um, yeah. After you get past the the entrance, there's really not a whole lot of dust on the ground or any any way for them to leave tracks. But there isn't any other direction they can go once they enter. So, yeah, you just kind of assume that they continued on down this path as long as you don't find them. All right. Well, went this way. Yeah, I'll uh, turn on the old electric torch. Okay. Or as I like to call it, the torchy. Mm. Torchy. torchy. And uh, move forward into the cave there. Suddenly Australian. Yeah. <laughs> a blinky flashy is right. what I'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> As, uh, All right. You you got a coin e-torch now. Yeah. Start that trend early. Uh, All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, chun the use of uh, any modern... Uh, marvels and shake my head and light a real torch. It gives off better light, anyways. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah, but it also gives us secondhand smoke. Hey, yeah, smoke is good for your lungs. All the I'll doctors agree. Strong smoking yeah. a rolled cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> and and the doctor can tell you that smoking you. is good for your your health, especially if you're yep. trying to lose weight. Yeah. Build strong lungs. Good for the child if you're pregnant as well. Yeah. It makes them smaller and easier to pass out. But it also <laughs> keeps insects out of your lungs. That is well. evil spirits. Everybody knows this. So uh this is the That's why I always smoke uh what was it back in the day? It was uh wasn't spirits it was um oh man i always remember seeing the lucille lucky strike, lucky lucky strike. strike. Yeah. that's why i always smoke lucky strikes <laughs> yeah all right so yeah once again Sorry. as you're you're going down the hallway you continue to see those um that those iterations of the kneeling laying standing goddess yep each each iteration with a slightly different aspect to her all the while like Mostly human in form, but um, yeah, small characteristics 
changing each time, slightly bigger eyes, uh, bigger ears, gills, uh, hands, feet changing slightly in semi-animalistic natures. I, I was willing to put your guys's, uh having the same dream as me up to being a prank, but I must admit that the sense of deja vu is rather astounding. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly as I dreamed it. Which means those mummies should be just ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if well, it was like bad happened or if it was just getting weird. It was getting weird. But I, de- I imagine Harold probably, or not Harold, but James looks a little starting to look a little shaken perhaps yeah yeah but yeah just as it had happened in your dream you you follow that passage for a bit over a mile you can kind of assume arthur and and uh harold can kind of guess the distance and then the cavern opens up like it did had in your dream and in the center there's a statue of uh uh human character sitting cross-legged female in each hand is a flower and and just like before in your dreams you can recognize the flower as one that grows along the banks of the river of the colorado that's used for medicinal purposes and any other character this this young hopi woman is standing or sitting there cross-legged on it Hmm. so you (laughs) once again like you see the the halls radiating outwards, and this in you can kind of deduce from their directions that they were. I'll they check were. to see if the mark I made in the dream is here. Um, oh yeah, no, but the stones that you had used to make the mark are. Am I still detecting that like breathe breathing that I was hearing? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, wind is coming in and out of yeah the, at a perfect yeah yeah at a cadence that suggests like uh something breathing uh i will feel compelled to recreate the scene from my dream (laughs) and i will mark this rock and place it again as the signifier that this is the way back out all right yeah and with every every motion you make it it gets a little bit more unsettling in, in what you're doing yeah if um Harold, friend to the hope he doesn't step forward to acknowledge the woman, then I guess, you know, I'll look around, see for somebody to do it, but they don't want to be like, uh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the Hopi woman isn't there. It's um, the statue. It, it's a statue. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the All statue. Right. But was... you might want to check to make sure if it is a statue. Well, then I but... guess I'll check to see if they're still doing the movement on the mummies and stuff as we're looking around. Well, the mummies were they in were a room further past, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit farther past. Um <clears throat> Kane had mentioned that like when you're you're standing in the central chamber there are passages right. that, okay. that kinda lead upwards a little bit in and most of the directions, but directly behind it there's one that goes yeah. uh, and down we figured farther. that some of the ones was it on our right led back to the other entrance that we found? Yeah, the ones that had uh had been caved in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess there ain't nothing left dukes so continue on forward gentlemen yeah. anyone yep. want to take bets on whether or not uh it isn't a room full of bodies that are being dissolved and remade <laughs> no it's I far think too it's similar safe to say that yeah it's going to be exactly like the dream well dang it <laughs> well i've never heard of dreaming of the future before except in the bible oh that's a good idea i'll 
pray as I thought <laughs> <laughs> to start the prayers. Walk forward, yeah. God fearing man. I'll recite some uh, prayers that I must have heard in Sunday school. All right. So do you continue on down to the chamber where you were before? Yes. All right. So yeah, you you get to that chamber, and this is the first time where things seem a little bit different. Um, as you're standing in the room, there are not quite as many mummy things as there were before. Like there's still a few of these human shapes that have like a hard calcification of of like almost like an exoskeleton that is formed around them, and all of them still have the golden chalice and and mm. the um the small little uh, urn that that is remnant of uh, Egyptian. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Well, like the canopic jars? That's it. The yeah. canopic jars, yeah. I'm going to pretend that this doesn't mean that a bunch of more of them have hatched and that it's just different. Oh, so, you know, so yeah. It looks like this is a bit different here. Maybe, yeah. maybe that dream wasn't just some portent of the future. <laughs> right, gentlemen? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to also look for a uh, Kincaid yeah, or a Sterling. I, I don't know. Was that uh, just yeah, that? Yeah. I'm going to look for a mummy or a calcified mummy that resembles either of them while kind of laughing this all off. <laughs> Are you gentlemen still seeing signs that Kincaid and Sterling passed this way? Oh, well, I'll just kind of like cast about at the floor, but Harold will be the one that has to answer that. He's better at nope. picking up uh, on those can't things. Can't find anything. These, there's no dust. There's no moss. Nothing to track through here. Yeah. You see, tracking on stone is uh, is pretty difficult. Got to rely on level. taste and smell. Yeah, tell him to lick the stone and tell me what does it taste? Like? <laughs> does it taste like Sterling's boots? How do you know? Well, before I begin any expedition, I taste all of my companion's <laughs> boots. Precaution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, so is there anything else you want to do while you're in the room? No, I mean, nope. Yeah, uh, like I said, I was going to cast about and see if there happens to be a, like a new calcified mummy that resembles uh, I, Sterling or Kincaid. So I did just have an intrusive thought to start knocking over the canopic jars for throwing them they were but i resisted empty but <laughs> filled with residue right oil. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh throw out some spot hidden checks oh no everyone that's always I a fumble. spotted hidden so hard i failed i fumbled all right but, so i guess that said i would caveat mine with i don't actually want to find them if they are here so I'm not really looking about too hard. So yeah, you're walking up and down, like, and in your mind, you're you're thinking you're looking for them, but really, you're not actually looking at any of the bodies. Like you you glance at them, but then you quickly glance away, so that just the sight of them unsettles you. Harold Jacobson, though, um, he notices that uh, the ones that had been like squirming in your dreams next to them is like a powdery. Uh, crumbly substance. Hmm. I think I found uh, Kincaid. <laughs> uh, I'll, go I'll, over there I'll uh, the call the attention it. to it. All right. So, yeah, let's see here. What happened to me, Justin? <laughs> um, do, do you want any sort of role to see if we can discern what the powdery substance is, or is, do we just immediately recognize it as like... Uh, 
Well, like a let's see. broken, dusted cocoon. Roll either a natural world, um, archaeology, or um, we'll let you do your medicine mm. to yeah to make that connection. Dang it! Just ain't my day. I might just push that one though, but I can't think of. You forget all medical knowledge and flashback to the train mm. victims. Chooka, 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 chooka. Yeah, I'll push it. Seventy-five. Come on. Yes. All right. So yeah, um, yeah, Harold, you're you're like leaning down, kind of crushing it between your fingers, and you taste it. You catch the the doctor's eye, and and he comes over. He says, "I believe." Well, <laughs> yeah, you you recognize it as that same stuff that had been that is coating the outside okay. of these other bodies. Uh, that's uh, but powdered calcified cocoon or whatever this stuff is so something broke out and it's was it like dissolving or de- breaking down it, at yeah a rapid it's decaying rate? now that it yeah appears to be going on or undergoing a rapid decay process so are all the bodies gone from here not all of them there's still a few but all the ones that you had meant had noticed uh in the lost section of the episode that had been squirming hmm. um are gone and yeah, Should we um, crack one of these things open? We, we did. I don't want to rely too much on the dream, but I do believe we know what that road uh, might entail for us. Yeah, that's where that oh, creature yeah. comes that's out. Right. Yeah, let's throw out another spot hidden real quick for everyone. It didn't attack us, but I don't. Dude, I fumbled again. That's the third like one. Spot <laughs> Meanwhile, right. so I got a one in Brandon land. Brandon got a critical. <laughs> Harold Jacobson got an extreme. So, yeah, um, Arthur, he is just standing in the center of the room looking around, and he notices five of these things that that just underneath the the surface of them are rippling a little bit. And you notice uh, the ones right near you, like there are two within about two or three platforms away that you can spot a little bit of that ripple. Yeah, these are rippling, boys. Yeah. They're right That's what happens to get right out. before they pop out. Um, but yeah, Arthur, you also spot uh, a little bit of a bloody handprint on the far wall heading down farther into the chasm. Hey, look at that. Do you see that? That is a handprint on the wall. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that the blood is, it looks like somebody that might have you know cut open their hand so yeah. you get like a partial bit of a print and a, a little bit of yeah fingers here and there it's not like a well-defined one or anything but yeah so what you've got here is somebody scraped up their hand climbing and then they put it on the wall here (laughs) so i think they went further down this way and i don't think anything good's gonna come out of this room i agree i don't really want to be here when these things come out as they were bad enough in the dream I think we should just abandon this. <laughs> our, I think God will forgive us in the long run. No, uh, that's well. Ain't nothing good going to come from us disappearing in this cave. Well, he is. We do work for him. We did agree, and he's paying us. And I'm known as a straight, straight shooter who will always deal <laughs> fair. So I'm going to keep looking for him. Plus, neither of those boys are well equipped to handle themselves in any dangerous situations. 
can't just leave them to their fate. Not the Christian thing to do. It is the smart thing to do, however. Uh, if that uh, Hopi woman found them, then uh, we they're probably safe. We just need to go collect them. I have first-hand experience with this, so <laughs> trust me. Yeah, I'll look at them. I'll kind of last-ditch last hope with... Uh, oh, damn. Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, James Higgins. To... Uh, you know, maybe side with me, at least get some split vote. I think uh, I'm having an out-of-body out of experience or something. Because <laughs> you're rolling so bad. <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> I think I shifted to the dimension that lies just out of human perception. And well, I'm surrounded by uh, pseudopod-like creatures. <laughs> seeing, seeing I'm seeing them siphon your energy off in my... <laughs> Seeing that uh, there's no help there, I'll just kind of bow my head and, all right, lead on. All right. So, yeah, you, you head down, and it, it, the tunnel starts to go down at a slightly greater angle than it had before. So now you're you're descending fairly rapidly. It's not hard to, to keep your footing or anything, but you are going down a pretty, pretty high-grade ramp. Um, but, yeah, the cave continues on. No, no more of those statues, although there are um, sections of the wall that, that have those those glyphs that you're unfamiliar with. Um, they seem to come in, in like stripes every 30 or 40 feet, where there will just be a vertical stripe of these glyphs and then continue on down. Um, as you get down, that airflow becomes more and more pronounced. Um, so, yeah, you continue heading down, and then... In the distance, you can see in your light that it seems to open up. Hmm. Um, and at the same time, it opens up. Like, the path continues into that, but it gets an even steeper decline. All right. Looks like we got a pretty steep path up ahead, gentlemen. But I see something up ahead. All right. So, yeah, you you see this cavern open up ahead of you, and then the path continues on, but uh, at a... a greater slope as it seems to descend down into what um, appears to be some giant chasm with a, a pit. And then what? Like a, is there a path around it or it just ends at a pit? Well, no, it, it, it descends down. It keeps on going down. Your flashlight can't see okay. uh, all, what, the way down what, the all the way down the slope. All right, Cause I was imagining like a, almost like an antlion trap except ending in a pit. <laughs> That's, almost what it seems like you're going into like the the chasm open or this cavern opens up but it it still has like a what almost seemed like terraced okay um yeah steps downwards in into like as it continues down okay um but yeah the the walls like once you enter in they stretch out to either side as far as as your light will okay. will see okay but no danger of like sliding forever into a bottomless hole. Not that you can see. No, okay. um, you can still make it. You kind of, you know, how uh, when you're on a steep trail, you kind of have to lean back a bit mm -hmm. to keep from like pitching forward. You've, you've got to do that. So it's a little right. bit more more difficult of a, a walk down. But it is still at a grade that you can manage without like sliding or having to climb down. Um, and everybody roll a spot hidden. Mm. <laughs> Fumble fish in here, Justin. 
Oh, so I got a success. success. All right. Nice. It's all going south now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, when you first walk in, you, you're kind of shining your flashlight to the right and to the left and, and up above. And, and the chasm goes up quite a ways. And you can kind of see at the very edge of the light that it uh, that there is a, a cave roof there that appears to be worked stone, uh, similar to the hallways that you've seen. And all along the walls... Um, it looks like natural cavern, except like there are these weird bulges and pits in it. Um, okay. Weird how? Um, it, it just seems like they're alcoves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would it look like, like a beehive or, uh, um, mud dauber nest or something? Does where... it give us that? What's that term for when you see a bunch of holes in something? Oh, um, like if I'm a lotus pod seed track trichophobia yeah something yeah. like that um similar to that yeah they're very shallow they're all like um they're about a foot deep or so okay. um but yeah one of the things that immediately pops in your head are um like in uh, certain catholic churches you'll see an alcove with like a um you know a mary statue oh, okay that has candles around it they they remind you of that i got you um, where there might have been is a, it because they all have statues of mary in them <laughs> no Mother no mary. statues of mary um full of grace but <laughs> I might yeah. be a lack of faith but i find that it might not have been as, as comforting <laughs> to find the virgin in a place such as this as you uh start your descent everyone make a power check Ooh, never, wow. never even done it let's do it <laughs> yeah oh. stuff's going sideways here if i'm Ooh, suddenly harold all right so arthur yeah you just like there's just something that gives you the creeps about this place um you can't really explain it <laughs> well okay you, you, you can explain it but but there's something beyond that like uh, weird stuff here like you know when you're in a, a haunted house or something like that like th there's just an oppressive feeling yeah that, that you get that has no rational explanation. Yeah, like when you turn the lights off and then you have to go upstairs. Yeah. 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 You've got that feeling as as you're heading down. Um, James Higgins and Dr. McTarnahan, you both have a little bit of that feeling, but it's more comforting to you than, than oppressive. And deep in the pit, you can see uh, a soft glowing light. This reminds me of the inappropriate stories my nanny told me <laughs> about dark rituals um, in the American Southeast. Harold, <laughs> you, like, as you're walking down, your mind kind of breaks a little bit. And instead of seeing darkness, now you see everything. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Never good. It's um, like the stories <laughs> that I heard as a in child. The, yeah, in the pit, you see this glowing warm light, like a, a really big glowing warm light all around this chamber. Like you can see that this chamber is several hundred yards wide and continues on down the passage, like f for as far as, as um, you can see. It seems like miles down this passageway. And along those walls, you see smaller glowing lights. But more than that, almost seems as if you can see through the planet itself. Like you look up and you can see the stars 
in the sky as they would see as if there were no mountain above you. When you look down, you can see stars through the planet. You can also see lights and other um, glowing warm lights like the ones you're seeing here inside the planet. Like you, you, your mind is struggling to understand this. Um, so make a 1d6 um, or yeah, you, you already did your sand roll. You succeeded. So do a uh, 1d4 and James Higgins and, and um, Dr. McTarnahan, um, you both take one sand loss. All right. Was I supposed to roll sanity? Uh, no, you you just feel uncomfortable. Okay. These guys are having a I will a metaphysical start exclaiming that I I see it all and it's so I beautiful. see everything. Does he see the yellow light of Carcosa and does that invite the uh, king <laughs> into this area? You know, he might. <laughs> we'll we'll ignore that. For we'll, now. we'll we'll put a pin just, in that. Just yeah. Start him having him acting out the play. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite yet. He succeeded in his sand sand check. I think the gist is it's a mask party, and we all take our masks off, and the hosts they're waiting for him to take his mask off. But it's not. But it's a been mask. off the whole time. <laughs> it's been. It's like laying outside at night. All the yeah, stars it, so beautiful. It it almost seems as if you are living two different existences simultaneously. Hmm. Um, you have your physical body and, and you are still walking down the ramp like before, but you're also experiencing something far greater as at the same time. Well, I want to see the stars. I'll put my hand on his shoulder because he's muttering about stars and seeing everything. And I'll ask, Harold, are you okay? What stars? All we see is this. Oh, could a cult? What uh, happens when maybe, I look uh, at another person? Do I see inside <laughs> of them too? Am I just you? It's weird. You can see through them at the same time you see them. Like, um, yeah, it's like several layers of the same image that like are all sense. all at like a weird transparency. Like lo- hearing does you're like a living memory. They happen simultaneously. So he has another vision. Yeah. I'm a living memory? Not what? in my no. case. I have to close <laughs> my eyes. Try to put my hand <laughs> Same. <laughs> but, like, when you look at him, like, there is a, a certain, like, light that you can see exists where he exists in the same way that you can see all these mm, other lights. Kind of like a aura or a soul. Yeah, something like that. There, yeah, there's some sort of an essence. But it's very dim compared to, like, all the rest. And the one at the bottom of this, this cavern... It seems to be the brightest and anywhere nearby. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Don't him that. Don't touch my soul. Your, your light is so dim, <laughs> it's like you're already wasting away. There's no need to get insulting, friend. <laughs> if you is, just point uh, out to where the stars are, is all is, is pointing the, all Brandon's around. the dimmest because he failed the pow check. No, every, okay. everyone's is all the humans. I think we're that, dim relative way. to this mass of light. Yeah. Uh, uh, I am not the, dim. We'll see about that. Ones. I'll I'll perform. Uh, I'll open my third eye physically. I'll just uh, <laughs> reach up and with a rock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> start, you do that by pouring your booze into your nostrils. <laughs> 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 Dude, I, it will happen. I will have uh, Trey Panning performed on one of my characters, and it will be soon. 
So I'm not getting anything from Harold here. So I guess I'll leave him be. I have never felt so robbed in my life as when Johan didn't get the to get his skull carved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I it's just something that has stuck with me, people. I uh, I'm over it now. Arthur, roll your natural <laughs> world. Okay. Um, and your survival if you fail your natural world. There's a hard success on natural world. Nice. All right. So yeah, you had been previously paying attention to that that feeling of the breath, right? Yeah. Now instead of like the wind coming, you just feel a weird pressure change in the same rhythm. Okay. Almost as if you were inside the lung of something. Gotcha. Um, I'd forget if he's mentioned the breathing feeling before with the wind, uh, but uh, does the light change with any of this pressure change? Like if it inhales, does it glow brighter or softer? No. Okay. Uh, from from yours and Steady. Um, James's point of view, it, it stays the same. For Harold Jacobson... <laughs> um, you can you, like the the lights that line this this uh, chasm seem to pulse with mm. with that same same frequency. Like um, they slightly shift. For some reason I'm getting uh, all like the colors of the wind. They power vibe. its lungs. <laughs> I really want. I I want like old Disney to make a Call of Cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> cartoon now. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Well, where's the closest so, uh, light along the wall? Um, if you go off the path on one of these terraces, um, it has those alcoves along the way, and, and you see um, about 30 feet off of the path on either side, um, they start the lights start being inside what you would see those alcoves as. as can I, uh, I want to head off over there, and I'll, if I can actually speak it, uh, start speaking in Hopi to ask it to come out. All right. So uh, to the rest of you, Harold Jacobson's talking about seeing the stars, and then he just breaks off and starts walking off on one of these terraces. And we don't see lot. We only see the big light. Yeah, only you. Center. Yeah, yeah, and you two only see, see that. And Arthur, you don't see anything that your torchlight isn't right. Isn't showing. Oh, where are you running off to, boy? We got to stick together. <laughs> Oh, oh dang yeah, I'll, I'll just yeah yeah I'll, I'll ask him where he's going because the lights they're they're in the ca- they're only codes. one light <laughs> they're, they're only one light in this cavern you I'll... can't see this <laughs> well I'll follow him uh, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah so you yeah you walk along this this terrace um and yeah he follows it around and it goes straight for a little while, but then it starts to curve a little bit as if it's following the same direction as the rest of the cave. And where it starts to curve, you start to see these mounds inside those alcoves that just fully cover the alcoves. Okay. And with the um, pressure that builds in and releases with that, that breathing feeling, you see them move out and then push back uh, into the alcove and okay. then go out and push back into the alcove. Um, everyone roll a spot hidden check. And for Harold, as you approach this thing, something rings out in your mind that um, it's not really in any language, but you immediately understand it. It just says, welcome, 
Are you here to join the one heart? Yes. <laughs> if I can be um, part of this beautiful uh, experience, so, I will. So yeah, Arthur, um, you recognize that whatever is in the, like this alcove is actually the the back plating of one of those lizard-like creatures that you had, had mm. seen in your dream oh, get yeah. birthed. Um, and it's just, yeah, slowly stretching its way out and then laying back in. And as it does that, you can feel that pressure build. Um, and like, as you're looking, you see the one immediately, but as you shine your flashlight further around, you see just rows of these things Okay. and all of them are doing it in the exact same pattern. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll point that out to everybody. And Harold, uh, you're seeing this slightly differently. Um, these things, like you see them in their form, but you also see them as the human lights that you see in in Doctor McTarnahan and and Arthur and mm. and uh, James Higgins. Like you see, you see a soul inside these things that, uh, like their their lights don't just like they don't move in time. They're they're lights also like pulse in time and yeah you sense that there's constant communication being sent throughout all of these things but you're just barely beginning to tap into a little bit of it like you can sense this oneness that they all share as i'll say out loud is what is the one heart they say well there is only ever one heart the heart of yudra i'm sorry the heart of what the heart of yudra <laughs> Yudra? As do Yudra. I recognize that? Um no, you don't you don't know what that is. You but although you get this like this sense with it that that's what that that glow is at the bottom of this pit and that that's what binds them all together. Like it's hard to explain, but yeah, when the sense hits you, it's a sense of everything that joins everything. Is uh you said Yidra, right? Yep. All right, is Yidra down below well yidra is everywhere but part of her focus is down below and only he's here in this yeah although uh, he is i'm beaten. speaking out loud though yeah he's yeah. speaking he's like, out loud pardon did so, you say yidra <laughs> so do we make anything of that yeah james higgins uh roll your occult um roll the cult. regular success so yeah you had previously heard of like um mention of the dream witch right right um this between that and and the name, it it sparks in your memory uh, those cults that you had had uh, run across in in the south that had uh, wor worshipped the Dream Witch, and Yidra, um, you know, is a, an occult um, elder god that has existed since the Earth began, since before like organisms began to to form inside the sludge of of the planet. Um, and she has been working to perfect herself and um, and those of that choose to follow her in their form for the for whatever right. um, the earth is at that time. Okay, yeah. So um, I think he's thinks he's speaking to the dream witch uh, that I mentioned earlier, Yidra. It's sort of a monistic take on existence all is one one is all I, that's what i've read anyways uh, certain other uh occult 
occultists or occult practitioners in the southeastern United States worshipped a similar figure. And Harold, with your uh, extreme spot hidden, um, you see, like, it's hard to tell, but with the, uh, with the, how brilliant the light is at the bottom of the, the cave, but you see uh, two other lesser lights right next to it um, with another light that is quite a bit brighter than the other lights in the room uh, standing between them. And this thing resonates in your mind. Join your brothers below if you wish to become a part of the One Heart. Thank you, guys. I wish to be part of you soon. <laughs> <laughs> After I finish my natural human existence, <laughs> I'll start making my way uh, down, and I'll exclaim excitedly that uh, I found them, Kincaid and uh, what was his name? Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, Sterling. They're they're down below. Come on, we we've got to go get them. Wait, who are you talking to, man? Slow down. No time to explain. How did you find them? Where are they? Who are you you, talking to? I'll just point through what I'm assuming is that ledge to their low to the location of those lights. Like they're right there. You can't see. Why don't you see the lights? No, there aren't any lights down there. No, there there is a light down there. I see it. Oh, we see the the one light. Yeah, you don't. You don't see the light. Yeah, he yes, didn't, he didn't hit his power roll. I can agree on that much, but only one. I don't know if I'm much in agreement with anything our friend here is saying, just Perhaps because a, he's uh, you've all got lost to his mind. Your eyes and I'll a pull sedative would be out. in order, good doctor. Oh, that's no. right. I have a gun. I can trepan myself right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all... uh, extreme trepanning. Ah, my brain literally goes everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we've, uh, we do need to go down. <laughs> I I don't think that's advisable, Harold. I'm beginning to think we call it lost and cut every, all our ties and get back to civilization, gentlemen. So whatever comfort this game has given us is to be some sort of falseness to it. As I, uh, uh, is there? Well, they we can't just leave them there. As as uh, Arthur pointed out earlier, we can't just leave. Is they're right there? They're so close. Is don't you want to get them and go? <laughs> yeah, well, I do because I have not yet. My past has not been filled with a regret that I can't overcome, like you could, Doctor. So <laughs> I'm still young and like, oh, we can save stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I like that angle. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Sometimes, tree, you gotta know who to put down. <laughs> Doctor, and move you, on. you can always wait in in the other room, the uh, the rebirthing room, if you'd like. <laughs> but uh, I feel that you'd be much safer with us. I feel the opposite <laughs> of of with him. <laughs> I'm also unsettled by Harold. <laughs> I agree that I and might I'm be, the occultist. Yeah, I might be safer with the other two, but not him. <laughs> I think I will cave once again to peer pressure <laughs> okay. and stick with the group for now, but I am very much thinking about Bolton. All right. Um, one thing, Arthur, roll your uh, natural world um, 
and do your survival as well. Nope. Okay. So are we going to have you, to... You are, like, passing everything to survive your sanity. Like, <laughs> preserve your sanity. <laughs> Every roll that you, you need to fail in order to, to not take hits. Well, that's because he started doing the Lord's Prayer or something over yeah. in yeah. a while back. His Stealing his mind, yeah. yeah. So I'm. So are we going to have to, what, sort of climb down? Get a rope out and climb down? No, you can... Get back to the original path if you'd like, and it does head towards that light. Oh, okay. Like that. Like it, it declines. Um, you can estimate that it must bottom out somewhere or come back up in order to get to that light. But yeah, it's still a little ways below you on that same trajectory. Well, yes, let us retrieve our companions and then perhaps we can regroup and figure how best to proceed. All right. If you insist they're down there, I'll I'll follow. Yeah, I'm gonna start uh heading down there, walking with the confidence of somebody who can see everything. Mm-hmm. Well, given that we knew this what was to be in this cave based off a shared dream, I must give some credence to Harold's idea that they're down there. Yeah. So Well yeah, maybe. I mean one thing that's a little bit weird to you is Harold's like walking off into the darkness. He's not bothering with his light anymore. That's one thing that's a little weird. Like, <laughs> but yeah, he he walks off <laughs> into the darkness like he can see perfectly clear. Harold, I think we need to uh, strike back this way to to reach the light at the bottom. Is it? It's fine. I I can see clearly exactly. The and Harold, you you were walking along. You were walking along the ledge to head back down the the yeah. path. Yeah, so. I'm heading back towards. Uh, Towards the path, so that we can head down. It's he just, just right basically up uh, disappears. <laughs> into, yeah, into he just the edge of walks the walks off into the darkness. Yeah, <laughs> what a weirdo! Yeah, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll still I'll... call back. Was, Come on, guys, we're Are almost you there. Coming? <laughs> I'll uh, try to catch their eyes, and when I do, I'll just like shake my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm inclined to agree a bit. Yeah, I'm dumb and curious, so. Away we go. Wee. That's how you get regrets at college. That's how you die out in the world, boy. So, yeah, I'll follow him. I think, uh, although I'm kind of tied to Arthur, since I believed he had our torch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Follow along. All right. So, yeah, you head back and, and start heading down. And, and those of you that can see the light, uh, yeah, the path goes down and then it levels off at the level where that light is and it's about another hundred yards after it levels off um before the light um as you approach it uh it it it's almost painful to your eyes to look directly at it but it's still like a comforting light very godlike yeah it's kind of weird to you that um are we able to make out any uh, sort of substance or whatever it seems to be giving up the light, or does it just look like the rock down there? Um, well, like in the distance, all it seems like is light. So it would just be nothing we could make out because it's yeah. the bright point of the light. Yeah, and it doesn't illuminate anything around it. Mm. So, like that's the only thing you you see is just the light. Light without illumination. Yeah. Thunder without sound. Mm. Okay, and I. Well, I'll keep following him. Hopefully, whatever bad happens, happens to him. <laughs> and I can run away. So, yeah, you, you catch up to 
to Harold and um, Arthur is he's got his tor- his electric torch eyes looking ahead and and as you like as it levels out and his uh, torch comes up level you can see three figures ahead uh, standing in front of this light well the light that you guys can see uh, Arthur all you see is this big monolithic um, stone what looks almost like an egg uh-huh. um, sitting in the middle of this thing. Uh, kind of on a platform. Okay. And yeah, you see three human figures uh, standing in front of it. So um, is it just Arthur that sees the egg, but we all see the figures? or You, you can all see the egg, oh. and, and this is where it gets a little bit weird for you. That, <laughs> that see, dual, well, uh, yeah, you see yeah. the light inside the rock. Okay. Um, now, that that's what uh, Higgins is, or not Higgins, um, Harold. Jake, Harold Jacobson has been experiencing the whole like with everything, but yeah, for you, you you get this uh, subtle sense of of the you see the light inside the rock, but you also see the rock that should be shielding that light from coming out. Do I recognize any of the human figures? Yeah, immediately. Um, the two characters um, on either side are actually kneeling in front of this this uh, rock, and then you see the back, and you can assume that it is the same Hopi woman that you saw at the end of your dream. In the dream, okay. Yeah. Look, they're about to join the one heart. Come on, guys. Let's join them. Is it, what is the one heart? Does anybody know what the one heart is? Well, I'll take another crack at it. You could just think that everything is one, right? It would be a return to the stuff that creates everything is the yeah. gist. Right? What, you mean God? Well, yeah, but God isn't, at least he isn't a, a monistic figure, right? You better watch God, your mouth, son. God From, and creation uh, are separate. <laughs> that at least has been my scholarly understanding of it. I could, this of course, is not wrong. the sort of place you want to be uttering blasphemy. In. I'm just well, saying that certain people There's only people one God, sir. That they are, I... <laughs> Remember, um, Harold Jacobson had also gone into the Hopi legend last, right. last time about how originally... There were there one were, heart and two heart people. Yeah. yeah, and the two heart people were, were sent to the surface and they became uh, what what is now the Hopi Indian people. Well, look, um, I have a lot of respect for the Hopi, but, you know, they got backwards ideas. So, Well, then you won't be wanting to join the one heart, I should think. Nor am I precisely ready to... <laughs> Harold, why should we do this? Yeah, snap out of it, Harold. I suggest a good old prescribed medicinal slap. Nineteen <laughs> twenty slap. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might Tens, come to 19, that. 10. But so far, it's all weird. I haven't seen anything like dangerous besides <laughs> a big giant egg and people talking weird. A giant egg full of light. <laughs> yeah. I don't see any light. I don't know why you guys keep talking about light. Is the uh, Hopi woman talking to them at all? Or is there no, any she's other sub-communication going on? Uh, you can't you can't sense any sub-communication or hear any talking. Um, but when that thing had reached out to you before, you could tell that it had been specifically directed to you. And you kind of anticipate that, that ha- that's how it has to work, is it has to be directed at you in order for you to be able to receive it. Mm. I don't believe that. I'm going to try and focus on their conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roll a power check. All right. So um, 
you can't hear their conversation, but yeah, you can sense that there is something being passed between them. But not just between them and this this Hopi woman, but the egg as well. As they're they're speaking to Idra. Hmm. I say we grab them and get out of here. Yeah, like can I I'd like to go up and see if I can talk to Kincaid or okay. Sterling. Say, hey, uh, first of all, not cool coming here on your own. <laughs> but <rude>. also <laughs> So yeah, as as you approach this this Hopi woman turns around and looks at you and says, have you come to join as well? No, ma'am. Then you must be here to see your friends off to their their destination. I'm here to see my friends off out of here. Well, they've chosen a different path now. What path are you talking about? How does this all work? What's going on down here? This is... I. I'd assumed you were more pilgrims. Uh, I know that Kincaid here was once a, uh, a misbeliever, but he's since realized the error of his ways, and he has decided to become a part of, of Yidra. Pardon I, me, ma'am, but uh, I do know Sterling quite well, and he's a, a man of science and rationality, and I do not understand how he would have made that decision over the course of one night. Uh, Unless he was under duress. Often troubling for those that, that have not yet made the connection to Yidra to understand what she gives, and that what you sacrifice is so little in comparison. <laughs> How does one make a connection with Yidra? Well, she has reached out to all of you. You felt her last night, did you not? I had a dream. I do not know if that is... Being touched by Yidra, I have many dreams. Yes, that's how she reaches out to all of her would-be disciples. Well, I guess I'll frown and <laughs> be quiet for a minute, see if anybody else <laughs> has anything to add or ask. I, I will ask how I join, because <laughs> I've received her message. And Jesus. I'll look around and say, and it's, it's so wonderful. How yes, have I become yes. part of this? Ah, you, you, if you wish to join us, then we will, we will prepare for you as well. And she walks to, she starts to walk around to the side of this egg thing. And off on one side, there is a, an altar that has just row after row of those golden cups mm. on one side. And, and she picks one up and she comes to you with it. And she says, you must fill this with your own blood and offer it up to Yidra that you may become a part of her, and then she will let you become a, a part of us. So, since this is like early 1920s, and uh, the gold rush wasn't that long ago, is there like a green <laughs> check that I could make? <laughs> um, so, fill this with my blood, and then <laughs> offer it to, to the, uh, the light. I mean, that sounds yeah. like a pretty fair trade. <laughs> yeah, and and you see that uh, Kincaid and, and Williams each have a chalice in their hands that looks like the inside of it is coated with blood, but um, is now empty. Do I see anywhere, like, where they had gotten the blood from? Um, you see uh, a slit along one wrist. It, it's Amateurs. since stopped bleeding, which is 
kind of strange. Like the the kind. Well, um, actually, everyone do a spot hidden. Oh no! Nice. Fail. Fail. All right. So Harold Jacobson, you're on a roll right now. But uh, Doctor, you you see these wounds on their on their wrists, and you would expect them to be pulsing blood right now. But instead, you see a little bit of calcification in along the wounds, mm-hmm. almost as if, uh, almost as if they had reacted by starting to form one of those shells that has just sealed up the wound. You gonna turn in? Are you, you do that? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jacobson. Yeah, Jacobson. You do that, Jacobson. You gonna end up like one of them creatures? <laughs> and she says, "Yes, that is." The perfected form for this era. I wouldn't know about that. I say I'm pretty much perfected, <laughs> my perfect form. But, <laughs> but yeah, she hands you the the golden chalice, Harold, and then she walks to the other side of of the egg, and there's another um, dais there that also that has the canopic jars, and she brings one back, and um, you recognize that at the bottom of the egg there is uh, there are two of these canopic jars out in front of where um williams and and kincaid are are kneeling so they've got the golden cups in their hands they're kneeling on the ground and in front of them right underneath the uh the egg are these canopic jars and the top is off of them and it looks like something is dripping from the egg down into them Mm. all right so having read and and uh re-listened to a lot of these uh a lot of these books, I know that things can get pretty crazy pretty quick. So, <laughs> I'm going to take my machete out and chop my hand off to fill the chalice. <laughs> <laughs> that is getting pretty crazy pretty quick. Um, yeah, so, like, this this whole sense of being part of something else has has lessened your your connection to your own physical body. And so, yeah, you just chop off your own... Like you chop off your left hand, and yeah, the blood starts gushing out. I'm going to react automatically. Dear God in heaven, <laughs> I'm going to try to like tourniquet the the arm. I'm going to try to staunch this uh, against his will, if need be. Okay, and I'm just going to say that like I'm a doctor. Like someone just lopped off their freaking hand. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I don't know what you want, Harold. Put put down the knife. Yeah, I'll, buddy. Uh, well, here, grab him. We need to go. Oh, yeah, to I'll try cut to, that as blood soon flow. As it chops <laughs> I'll try off, to help. I will drop the machete so I can grab the the chalice, chalice. to try and fill it. Yeah, so he grabs the chalice and and the blood is just pouring into this thing. And yeah, you both like immediately jump to try and and stop him. Um, yeah, I'll help too when the so doctor like comes. brawls from these two. <laughs> yeah, I can. So yeah, let's do a post strength checks. Yeah, I'll. Uh, you don't mind to be at a penalty? Because you only got one arm. Well, one arm, now. like yeah. probably a good All amount right. of blood loss already, and there's three of you. <laughs> Actually, no, do it, do it normal. We're coming in adrenalized. All right. So yeah, you you two grab him and and uh, manage to pull his hands apart and and restrain him from from making any more motion. And doctor, you, you run up to, uh, yeah, I'll take my belt off and try to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but immediately upon the blood reaching the top of the chalice, a calcification starts to form over the wound. It's too late. And the bleeding starts to stop. 
Yeah, I'll so. uh, I'll kind of uh, stare at it for a second, and I'll let the belt kind of fall away from his arm. I'll be like, yeah. "It's already in him, boys." And you two, like you're you're holding him, and you're struggling. You this blood should be sloshing everywhere. But, but yeah, it, it's sitting almost as if it has solidified in there. Like it still ripples like liquid, but no matter how much you jostle it, it doesn't spill out. It's like it's contained in there. <laughs> He's done for, folks. <laughs> I say we're going to be done soon if we don't get out of here like I wanted from the beginning. Well, I think I'm leaning you, towards the doctors. You've um, convinced actually, me. Actually, <laughs> you three make a, a sanity check at, at watching this happen as well. Um, doctor, you can have a bonus die on this. There it is. Uh, <clears throat> oh, fails around. Dang. So okay. yeah, yeah, you failed on on it. Um, so yeah, you take one d three points of sanity loss from seeing this self mutilation. Uh, but anyway, I'll agree with the doctor and say, yeah, that's enough for me. Uh, I'm getting out of here. And yeah, the the Hopi woman comes up and hands him a canopy jar very calmly, as if nothing strange has happened yet. Um, and she says, "Do you not wish to say farewell to your friends before they they join us?" I absolutely do not. <laughs> and I'll just turn and start leaving. <laughs> like I won't turn. I'll start backing away. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep pace with him. <laughs> yeah, um, and Harold, you. Uh, yeah, you have this canopic jar, and uh, part of the egg kind of opens up a little bit in between where um, Williams and and Kincaid are kneeling in front of this thing, and you just kind of ins- you get the sense that that's where you you pour your blood. Yeah, I, I'll uh, gladfully uh, complete the ritual. Okay, and yeah, when you pour it in there, you suddenly get this contact from from this egg and and you get this voice that says thank you for your contribution <laughs> we will purify your sample and return it to you so that you may join us in in full unity please hold yeah. <laughs> and yeah and so you also get the the inclination to, to place the canopic jar underneath another location that, that you can see yeah, I'll I'll place it under there, and then if no more instructions are forthcoming, I'll I'll kneel beside Kincaid and and uh, Sterling. Uh, Sterling, there it is. Yeah, and meanwhile the Hopi woman is is looking at Arthur. He says, "Why are you so upset? Your friend has your friends have chosen this path. There is nothing wrong with it, and perhaps one day you too will come and join us." Uh, yeah, no, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But I'll just keep backing away. And she's just walking very slowly along with you. And she says, please, I, I don't believe you fully understand. Oh, many, okay. many come here without full, fully understanding what is being given. Please stay. Let us stay with your friends until they are done so that you may see that they still exist and they still live, but just in a, a higher state of existence. No, ma'am. I'm leaving now. Don't try and stop me. Yes, I, I mean no offense, but it is not clear that a uh, that a choice has been made by our companions. 
I do not see that they are in their right mind and therefore cannot make a choice. The man hacked off his own dang hand. (laughs) Right. He is definitely not in his right mind. Yes. I I understand that that this all seems strange to you, but (laughs) a a higher state of consciousness opens up new possibilities. And as you yourself have seen, his harm is is being repaired I'm by about Idra. to enter you into a higher state of consciousness. <laughs> Go back to your ritual and let us depart. She says, please, please. Do I not. will rack the shotgun. She, no, do not do that, Doctor. If it is indeed the dream witch. She could not be harmed anyways. Don't anger her. There, there's... I'm open to that uh, <laughs> that possibility uh, that he just stated. So Don't be. Let's just keep backing away slowly. (laughs) (laughs) She's just watching you all very calmly. She says, I understand you are upset. Many become upset when they, when they see this and we, we do not wish you any harm. I'll lean over to, uh, Oh dang. What's your name, Brandon? Arthur. I'll lean over to Arthur and go, perhaps we can speed this departure up. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) it's time to move a little, little faster, gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's what I want to do is turn and start running. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to keep pace with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm forced to because he's got the light. So don't leave me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So what is it like? Uh, guess my dad was right. Dex, I should have been an accountant. To keep, I'll keep pace with uh, Arthur. Or... Yeah. What is it for um, running? Well, I think. You use constitution to determine mm. your speed, right? Okay. Like how long you can maintain it. So, yeah. Um, in Everyone make constitution checks. Um, oh, nice. I fail. I'm going to run out of breath mm-hmm. here. <laughs> so, Harold, you, uh, you're like, as you kneel down in front of it, you, you yeah, you start getting this, that sense of um, everything around you. You start feeling... Uh, more connected to all of it. You can start communicating with all these different people that have transcended to this new existence and, and they're all communicating with you. And as you're kneeling there, you're getting the life stories and the entire existence of some of these, these things. And it's not just humans that, that you're sensing. You're sensing some sort of um, lizard people that had existed before humans ever existed you're experiencing creatures that uh would be considered monstrous today that have long since died out i mean you these creatures have existed since the beginning of time and you get all of their experiences pouring into you and it's it's overwhelming um but at the same time you your story is being shared with all of them and it's all uh, kind of coalescing into one, one consciousness. This um, is the but, family that I've always sought, could never find. <laughs> so when the rest of you turn to run, you get this, like, there is suddenly the sound of what seems like a downpour. Ah, water. Yeah, yeah. That that dripping sound that you had heard from those creatures before, one at a time. Oh yeah, is now. Like a, a sudden cloud burst downpour echoing through this room. Like you can, like it, it's just echoing as if there's a waterfall. Yeah. This is not lending credence to your claim that this is voluntary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, we've got our constitution check. So, yeah, um, 
Arthur, you you turn and, and start booking it, and Higgins, you're right beside him, but the good doctor is uh, struggling to keep up. He is. I like to say that I keep with him for a good sprint, but that's smoking. Yeah. Uh, especially uphill, I'd say probably about, you know, Oh Ten man! Feet. Yeah, uphill ain't gonna. <laughs> well, if I see him lagging, I will definitely stop and try to help him in whatever way I can. Ah, no, boy, don't be an idiot. Keep running. Um, Nonsense, doctor. We'll get you out of here. Arthur, slow down a bit. I will. I'll stop and turn and point the flashlight so he can help him. Yeah, it's hard to hear each other at this Swarm. point now because this the sound is starting to overwhelm you, and that that breathing sense is gone so mm. suddenly the air is perfectly still around still you as well which sonar pings yeah and actually with the that uh sound um everyone make a sanity check this might do it for me oh, got extreme. Uh, all right so those of you that got extreme take one uh doctor take one d3 all right if this is a three it will be a temporary out, I believe is okay. what I think I had it figured out. Uh, it's one. One. All right. So yeah, your Sandy's holding on, but by a thread. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'll be uh, like entering the uh, like the state of panic where you are losing like control type of thing. Like just that, like I'm running for my life now. It's not just normal panic. Okay. You yeah. know. Because I do believe that there's different stages of yeah. panic, uh-huh. and I think I'm entering the the later tiers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, all of you are are terrified by this, but uh, yeah, the doctor he's he's starting to like scramble on all four going up this ramp. Like he's he's <laughs> maybe even hyperventilating. Yeah, <laughs> which isn't helping my problem. He thinks he's really booking it, but yeah, yeah. It's like when we were running on the track and we'd come around the bends where John was at the outside, he's like, "God, I can't keep pace. It's feels slow." <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, oh, "Keep it up, good doctor." <laughs> so actually, we're gonna play a little bit into uh, Harold's choice um, as he's kneeling there. Uh, he gets this overwhelming sense of of uh, goodness, of health and vitality in him. And he, he looks down and his hand is actually regrown exactly as it was before, although it still has a little bit of almost like a calcified uh, crust on it. Um, but he gets this sense that he must reach you and stop you from leaving. <laughs> convince you that so we that, can choose the correct choice <laughs> and, it's obvious um, you didn't choose the right thing yeah when you we have pancakes read this pamphlet <laughs> yeah you get this sense that that only you can um convince. convince them and you're basically sent to go and and speak to them all right and they, you guys it, know what's coming then terminator 2 run hmm. yeah so yeah, when you run, um, your body has a strength that you've never experienced before. Like you were always a, a pretty strong guy and pretty healthy, but yeah, out of nowhere, you're, you feel a level of vitality that you've never experienced. Like, like when you're a child. Yeah. It's like a, like you have the endurance and, and that just inability to feel tiredness of, of like a small child, but you're moving with the, the strength of of two men. 
And so, yeah, you you can go tearing off up after him. <laughs> yeah, does uh, gladly Arthur see him? Because <laughs> he'd be looking back our way. Um, at first, no, but um, when like you start start scrambling and, and are struggling to keep up, yeah, your flashlight flashes across, and and yeah, you see Harold's face coming up at you. What what's the expression? Just smiling on his face, like a biggest, <laughs> biggest grin with the widest, scariest eyes you've ever seen. Oh, run! Here he comes! Run! I'll quickly look behind He's me. Coming. Do I get a second wind? Or um, yeah, we'll do another Constitution roll. Um, oh, please, please! Oh no! No. Yeah, yeah, you, you're you're trying, but yeah, your your lungs are just, you know that that feeling when your body just absolutely betrays you, and like your your spirit is so intent on doing something, but you're just the flesh can't. Can I push uh, stat rolls? I don't believe so. Would you let me if the consequence is a heart attack? Is <laughs> a heart attack, and I'll roll him down back down the hill to join the one heart. Um, where it's 24 or 14 luck. Do a sanity check. Mm-hmm. All right. So you failed it. Good. Yes. I'll give you an, uh, I'll let you push it. All right. So yeah, the absolute terror <laughs> is, uh, now entering your, your mind and you have lost all sense of coherence. Here we go. Bam. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> yeah. Push. Yeah. Harold, uh, or, uh, Dr. McTarnahan just out of like he sees the face <laughs> and, and yeah he's he's now like whimpering and screaming as he goes just tearing past you two uh, yeah I'll abandon that. all uh all sense of uh like safety now I'll go tearing headlong into the uh so yeah he he's he's now moving so fast that he passes you and is now running into sheer darkness uh-uh. <laughs> wait you need light <laughs> Yeah, so I'll try to keep up. Try to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you two uh yeah, make a constitution roll, see if you can get a hard success and, and keep up with him. <laughs> Just regular for me. Stream. Nice. So yeah, Higgins, you you're running and <laughs> but you hadn't seen um that Harold Jacobson yeah. coming up at you. <laughs> but yeah, um don't have my Arthur and fear yet. Arthur and and Dr. McTarnahan Fear has spurred them on, and they are running faster than they have ever run before, and and they're starting to leave you behind. Right. Um, All and the yeah, while you're... you hear my the feet <laughs> footfalls behind you. Yeah, uh, along with that that uh, crashing sound of the of uh, falling water, um, and before you know it, you you feel a hand on your shoulder. Okay. Higgins, like you're running wait. and. <laughs> Join the family, Higgins. Well, that sounded pretty reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably will cry out because, like we've mentioned, I haven't actually seen his pursuit yet. So, yeah, I'll cry out at the hand, turn around. He says, uh, Higgins, wait. And I'm like, Harold, we can't. We, we must go. Yes, we must. Uh, help me. Help me go. And, and I'll Harold, try to guide this- him back around to down below. <laughs> No, Harold, all way. of a sudden you uh you sense and you understand that he he's always had a mild obsession with the occult and and those kinds of things oh and try, so all uh, of like a sudden a persuasion maybe yeah you can do a, a persuade or 
it's not a very good one, but oh. <laughs> does does uh, Travis's character hear the tinge of madness <laughs> in his persuasion? <laughs> You know, can I do something a little different than persuasion? Can I try and tie this back into, uh, try and tie into the occult through like my Hopi storytelling to persuade sure. him to come back? All the questions yeah. you've ever had can be answered. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, he uh, reaches into his memories of the storytelling and how you had eagerly listened to many of the the stories of their old religion and and uh hopi traditions and things like that and yeah he he reaches out to you harold if you want to do what just respond to him yeah well i'm trying to think um so yeah he's trying to say there's all so many older things older things in there there's stories you wouldn't believe them i've heard them yes harold i i understand and i do want to understand this but I, also, I don't think this is the way. Also, remember the face he's making that is now <laughs> being plunged ever quicker and quicker into darkness as we fall through. Yeah, I followed many threads, many stories, and I've seen this sort of thing before, although not quite like this. But what I mean is, I've seen how you are behaving, and this is not rational. You have not made a choice. You've been but I tricked have. somehow. Is you you wouldn't understand the loss and pain that I felt ever since my family was <laughs> taken from me. Is There's that, probably no for so long. From... I've only wanted to belong, to have others around me that cared. Now I have that, and you can have it too. <laughs> as even if you don't want it for the same reasons, as from a from a researcher standpoint, an adventurer standpoint. As think of it, you'll be the only one with this story. And who knows? They've let me get this far. Yes, but I have oaths, commitments to my life that I'll not just get rid of for the chance to become one with something that I don't fully understand. Because so I can please, help you Harold. understand it. <laughs> well, then do that in a calm say, a library or a coffee shop where we can discuss it <laughs> as rational men do. I am obsessed. I want to believe these things, but I have been led astray too many times, and I have seen a tinge of irrationality amongst people who are too invested in this sort of thing. Like lopping someone's are you hand saying off? Yes. <laughs> that uh, Dr. Sterling is, uh, or whatever, yeah, Professor Sterling, I do not, what is he? I do not believe he would have made that. That choice is you. Of you what I can seen. only join if you've offered it willingly. Are you saying that uh, I, he was less skeptical than you? I'm saying he wasn't willing, and nor are you, Harold. Do right, I so get the take... sense that uh, if I take him against his will, <laughs> that it would be a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The sense that you get um, from this collective is that it must be entered into willingly, and that. There is no way to force someone. Okay. And in fact, you you uh, you have the impression of um, like the memory of that corpse that you had found. Yeah. That he had come as a willing parishioner, but when he saw what had become of a, a companion of his that had also come with, you know, extreme cancer, he attacked mm. 
the uh, the Hopi woman, the the priestess, and uh, one of the creatures brained him in order to to stop the attack. And he had he had been um, dragged out. He was being dragged out to be dropped off at the Colorado River as someone who had gotten lost and, and injured. Uh, to be found is is pretty common. All right. So yeah, I'll I'll uh, use that as part of the explanation as well. Is that uh, not the the story of him getting brained and and yeah. uh, refusing to join? More the part of uh, you. It's only it only happens through willingness. Is that uh, there's so, no way to force you to give up your your blood willingly like that. So we're gonna to want it. Pause with you guys with with one last statement that like by now Arthur and and Doctor McTarnahan are well past you, and even though their light is gone, you can still somehow see <clears throat> Harold Jacobson clear as day. Like you can't really see much else around you, but yeah, you can see him just fine as if almost as if he is alone illuminated to your eyes and everything else is gone. You can still feel the stone under your feet. You can still hear everything going on around you, but yeah, you can see him clearly for uh, Dr. McTarnahan and Arthur Johansson. You two are, are, are now you've reached the top and you're, you've fled through that chamber. Um, and you can hear that sound of rushing water behind you. And when you flash the, like, look over your shoulder and flash the flashlight behind you, this Hopi woman is right behind you. Mm. She seems to be stepping like normal steps, but she traverses more ground than, yeah. than she should. And all the while, the walls and the ceiling are Move, just, right. yeah, just writhing as these things are, are swarming down the, this tunnel around you. Okay. So how is the doctor doing? Um, you can hear like his wheezing breaths, but he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. Like you've seen yeah. people under great duress perform, you know, acts that should have not been humanly possible for him. And, and he seems to be in the grip of something like that. I should have reversed it and said, if I succeed, I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> I think. Yeah, when I pushed well, it, still might. <laughs> yeah, you get to the end of the run. And uh, how? What point have we reached now? Um, you're almost back to that central room with the statue. With the statue, okay. Yeah. Um. So, and what? And from that room to the exit was a mile. Yeah, it was a mile. Yeah. So I don't. The good doctor will slow at some point. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. <clears throat> I don't think he's gonna make it. So, you like, I'll turn stop around and come back and, you know, confront the Hopi woman and I'll just, you know, raise up my hands and say, listen, please, I don't want any part of what you've got going here. We just want to leave. Just want to leave you in peace. So, yeah, the doctor, um, he hits the, the room and in the, the light that, that your torch gives you, he sees his stone and starts tearing off down that that route. Mm. And these things are still following him out there. Uh, but she stops and these things just go floating past you like like you're not even there. And she says, it is your right to leave, though I must tell you that you cannot speak of what you have found here. Oh, good luck. Trust me, ma'am. <laughs> we will not allow our our faith to be corrupted by 
the non-believers. Yeah, no, I, you can trust me. I'll never <laughs> utter a single word of this for as long as I live. Nobody would believe me anyway. Ah, very well. Yes. Just like Kincaid had done before, he eventually returned to us, and I believe you shall as well. Go in peace. I wish that you would stay and wish your friends farewell, but if you must go, then you must go. But do leave in peace. Yes. I will leave in peace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I will. I'll turn around and leave. You know, I'll try and catch up. So yeah, uh, doctor, uh, roll another constitution check. Under your breath, you're like, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Oh, all right. So yeah, you get um, a few hundred yards down down that uh, chasm, and like seeing that pinprick of light at the far end that you know is the exit, um, your fear and panic starts to subside just enough that you don't have that adrenaline keeping you going and you just full on collapse to the ground. And before you know it, yeah, this, this chasm is just filled with those, those things lining the walls, the ceilings. They're just there. They're not grabbing at you. They're not doing anything. They're just there. You can hear that dripping water sound though. It's just rippling through. Then I guess I'll kind of like use the shotgun as like a cane and kind of just start, <laughs> you know, making my way. I'm not stopping. Like, I still think like, uh, well, probably not under the effects of an insane type thing that this is just no, no territory. Just nope. Yeah. <laughs> He's done. Uh, if they try to grab me or anything, I think he'll start shooting. But other than that, as long as they kind of just let me kind of keep going, I'm just going to keep going and probably even try my best to ignore that they're even there. All right. <laughs> Do a one power roll. Power, 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 power. Ooh, you succeeded. Um, so, yeah, as you're, you're leaving, you begin to hear or sense voices begging you to stay, telling you that it's all right. It's okay. We, we will not harm you. You are free to leave, but you Your should stay. Your heart is failing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're, you're not a well man. Leave leave your troubles behind. All those that have died, you never have to witness that again. Um, so do a, a sanity check with that. Uh, All right. So, yeah, 1d3. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm insane temporarily. Yeah. So, yeah, roll on your uh, <gasps> that sanity, uh, the, the real-time sanity roll. Paranoia. Yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I'm already paranoid. Do you want me to roll again? Yeah, go ahead, roll again. Faint. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, you're going along, and then just the exhaustion, and and you've just pushed yourself too far, and you collapse to the ground. Yeah, I think uh, I I'm seeing the ER like bay where all the people were brought uh, in, yeah. and they're all telling me to stay. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Stay. All right. So yeah, you you just slip into unconsciousness. You're you're trying to drag yourself along using using the guns. Yeah, and, and, then came, it just and then you just goes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just fall, and that pinprick of light that was your salvation just winks out. So Arthur. Um, okay. So we'll go back to uh, Harold Jacobson and James Higgins. Yeah. So my position here is since I didn't see things the way that Harold had that uh it's not that i'm skeptical 
of what I have seen, but I'm skeptical of the message based off of what I know of uh, Sterling. And so I'm still of a mind to leave. However, I, he did have that Hopi storytelling role success. However, I haven't resisted it or anything like that. So I can stick with my... Yeah, that was just to kind of yeah. help, help you along. Like, yeah. he he did touch a nerve with right. with his... Or, I mean, what I'm saying is I could do like a power role or something to determine... Because uh, I could play it either way. Like his point gets across or not. So yeah, roll a power roll. See if um, see if during this, if you connect... So yeah, um, see it now, as you're talking, you? you begin to connect in the same way that he had, where yeah, your mind begins to open up and you begin to see all of this, this and like instead of the lights being around the room, now they're like swarming up the the passages and but yeah, you can still see uh, Yigra or what was her name, um, Yidra down below. Um, the light inside her cocoon and yeah, you see that the light inside uh, Harold as well as um, Kincaid and Williams is, is brighter than, than the two lights for um, Arthur and Dr. Right. McTarnahan. And, and yeah, the, this experience, like your mind is opening up to this experience and. Oh, okay. So yeah, all, all of a sudden, yeah, you're starting to understand what he had in, he had been talking about. Everything that he had mentioned about the lights and the stars and everything is is starting to click in your mind. Um, yes. You you can still decide to resist if you want, but yeah, you, this is an experience that that is uh, once in a lifetime eye opening, <laughs> mind opening, perfect experience. Yeah, I think uh, you know previously I was kind of sheltered by being. A man in his twenties. Yeah. So the idea of giving up your identity and joining the oneness is like that's dumb. I'm going to make everything subservient to me. And you can still <laughs> play it that way. But like, no, I'm going to see it. I'm going to. Oh yes, I be. I I think I see. Being part of something bigger than you are. But like, uh, yeah, like uh, John kind of played it off that you know his loss of a family drove him to want to be a part of this, but. Like you, you may not have the same motivations right. or mm. as you think you can control the world with your power, realize that this is a far greater power that you can wield to realize that dream. You'll become part of something greater, but something I'm not so powerful. No one can stop it. I wanted that only for myself. I wanted to, to find the truth of these ancient practices and share them with the world. As you found one, as you found For the myself? only true one, uh, a part and of about everyone else. As so once at this you point, get into the, the mix, there, there is no I nor you. We are just we. I am. We are. <laughs> <laughs> as as you're continuing to talk, the Hopi priestess comes down. Like you, you see her light, and she is a almost as blinding as the light down below. And she stands, you know, with one of you on either side, and she says, have you made your decision? If I sense your soul is not quite ready to make the transition, but that your mind is open. Yes, I, I think I see what you're talking about, and I would like to experience it. But my ultimate reason for that would be to share with others. So um, you tell so me. A noble pursuit, and we have several that are quite like you that are out in the world sharing this message of unity. 
you are free to leave and, and share what you have learned with those that will listen. Your companions are above. I, I fear that the one of them has collapsed, and he may require a little bit of your assistance. But if you choose to leave, you are welcome to leave and return at a later date. I, I think that is what I will do. Very well. Harold, you may join the others below and finish <laughs> the ritual. Wish your friend farewell. Zola. It will not be the last time you see him. Stick my hand out, say, until we meet again, Higgins. That hand is gross. Yeah, I'll shake it. <laughs> and then wipe it off on your right. un- subconsciously. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, as you're going back up the tunnel, yeah, you you don't have any light source, but you have you no see problem seeing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'll make my way to, um, to join them again. Okay. So yeah, the as you turn, the priestess and Harold Jacobson walk back down below, and yeah, you start heading up. Arthur, um, after you leave with your conversation, you don't have to go too far, but the doctor is uh, obviously collapsed on the ground, and as you walk up, you see one of these things like pull him over and kind of cock its head a little bit and listen at him uh. um and then makes like look well it doesn't really have eyes but yeah its head kind of moves towards you and and you see some some ripples go across it and then it backs away okay so yeah i'll dash over then and inspect him and see if he's still breathing yeah. Um yeah, he's still breathing but really shallowly and and when you take his pulse, his pulse is very weak. <laughs> yeah. It's probably through the roof. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it, like his heart's pumping fast, but yeah, yeah it, it it has the the beat of somebody that has pushed themselves way too far. Okay. Yeah, um well, I guess I'll I wouldn't be able to do anything for him in here anyway, so I'll pick him up and cart get him some out. fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Swing him over my shoulder, and so yeah, you're it. It is a, a about a mile up to the surface from here. So yeah, you're you're dragging him along, and out of the darkness comes James Higgins, walking as if it's the brightest day outside and <laughs> unconcerned. Oh, Higgins, yeah. how did you get away? I I, thought, cho- I chose to leave. I thought you were a goner for sure. I tried to convince Harold. But he could not be convinced. It's up to us to tell the world what we found here. Um, well, except we can't. We can't say a word of it to anybody. But uh, other than that, I agree. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like uh, here. Let me help you. Yeah, I'll help he, him with Harold or with Doctor Tarnahan. Yeah, yeah. He collapsed at some point. <laughs> He doesn't have a rebirth hand. Not yet. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. As you're Nobody like going to a system, like these things are still on the walls and the ceiling, and one of them, like as you approach, um, it crawls down onto the path ahead of you, and it's yeah, it, it's blank faces is sitting there, and you get the like through this weird impression that it's willing to carry the doctor for you. Oh, okay, uh, Arthur. Please lay the doctor down. Why? He's turned. Uh, these you can things sense are going him. to help us. Oh, but can you imagine if he wakes up? <laughs> That's true. And these things are 
<laughs> well, <laughs> it's up to you. I know he's only a size 40, but he projects a lot heavier than that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll, okay. Why not? I have no idea what's going on anyway. So sure. I'll put him down. Well, because I still have like that toe hold and, and wanting to describe this. So I say, I do not know by what sense, but one of these things has communicated that it will carry the doctor for us. And you see in your flashlight that this thing is just squatted down in, in the path ahead of you and it's waiting. And I have an unspecified reason to believe it will not harm him or yeah. us. Okay. Yeah, you can roll a survival um, to see if if you believe that uh, it has no intention of harm or anything. I failed. Okay, <clears throat> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> uh, I'll just spend the luck. That's one point. The one point of luck. Yeah. So yeah, um, just your your natural sense. You you sense that this thing has no. It, it's not aggressive in any way, way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah. So I'll set him down then and wa- watch it do whatever <laughs> so yeah it, it gonna comes over to him, him and does like this weird thing where it squirms underneath it and then two it's two arms along the side of its body reach up and around and they have three joints in them so he kind of wraps it around his uh shoulders and arms and stands up on its other like its hind legs and its uh two other remaining arms and begins crawling like dear like god in heaven that is weird unencumbered yeah but yeah with with that thing carrying it you you can move at uh normal speed normal yeah normal speed up and within about 15 20 minutes you're at the exit where it lays him down and then um higgins you get a, a sense of farewell as all of these things that had been along with you the entire way like this is recede. Yeah, they just all turn and head back down. And as they go, that that sound of downpour recedes with them. Yeah, I'll just lift a hand in silent farewell until they disappear. Yeah. So yeah, he's waving goodbye to these things. And <laughs> it's more like the, you know, like uh, like the fella in the Last Crusade. Oh yeah. The knight that was just had his hand up, right? Yeah. More solemn than a thousand a, yard stare. See you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're not going to get paid, gentlemen. I don't expect so, but we have a lot to write about. That's for sure. The Hopi woman made it very clear that we were not to mention this to anybody. And if you do, everybody's going to think you're a loon anyway. I have considered that, but I feel compelled to at least tell my side of it. This is- What's funny here is that she told them one thing in Higgins that he could share. <laughs> well, because I'm going to fail academically, and then what I'm going to do is just come back, t- tell the lost souls yeah, that come I, to me, and then bring them down here and feed them to the oneness. Yeah, I kind of got the impression <laughs> so that one was more of like uh, religious, like preaching, yeah. whereas the other one was don't go saying what you like location and what you found type yeah, of thing yeah that's that's kind of exactly the intention was that yeah they don't want revealing the location but for higgins if he finds people that are willing to become yeah well given my experience it would be an apologist take on the hopi legend and my experience right so i put it in the best possible light i think yeah is my angle but yeah so yeah you get out and 
Um, it takes another two days before the uh, people meet you at the bottom of the Bright Angel Creek, um, your porters. Um, doctor, you had collapsed and you wake up in the camp. Yeah. Um, a little bit scraped and bumped from being lowered on the rope down down a cliff face while you're unconscious, but um, otherwise in actually fairly good repair. Mm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know, like epilogue time or yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, one thing for for Doctor McTarnahan, this one really like the the end really kind of got into your skull. Yeah. And I was gonna say like he has a. I was thinking like a phobia of certain types of light. I was gonna say uh, not just light, but uh, sound too. Yeah, anytime you hear a downpour. Yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, you, you're you you start kind of shaking a little bit. Like there's something like sounds of dripping water. Or... Yeah, deep in your mind that that uh, you associate with that. Um, Arthur, um, you now know that this this secondary world lives inside the plateaus of the grand canyon and this is where you've made your livelihood so yeah um, it's up to you on how you want to do that higgins um one thing when you reach the bottom of the canyon um the porters they say i understand that you have made contact with the mother and we wish you the best in your proselytizing <laughs> yeah uh, that's uh... God, so they're everywhere for my vision that's kind of what i see i see a few things uh, as that's going down on the on the river with a very clear separation in the boat between these two sitting one way, like looking a little suspicious at at me and the porters, especially yeah, if they probably. overheard what the porters said. But I have like a mental image of in my head of Dr. Tarnahan like occasionally writing a prescription. Yeah. That is like to, that points to this location on like certain patients oh, that he okay. feels he can't <laughs> save. Like he'd never admit it. He probably even has made plans when he eventually gets some sort of terminal diagnosis, Yeah, but he'll never speak about it. But occasionally there'll be like a kid with like, you know, severe illness or a person who is really kind and, you know, he feels should kind of get repaired or it's going to be a really horrible death. Well, you do know, um, Higgins is now a bit of a, a cult leader mm. for this. This uh, so maybe the prescription points so, to him. Yeah, when when someone reaches the end of their line, then you can say, "Well, some people find a solace in a spiritual healing." And I I actually happen to know of uh, yeah. a man that that's on. You can send them on to on to him. And I think he'll always have like a pretty <coughs> like heavy warning with it. Yeah, you know, like this is last resort type stuff as he slides the prescription across his desk yeah um harold of course uh you uh mr williams and mr kincaid you all go through the process and uh once the those uh canopic jars are full of this liquid you each go and take your place on a pedestal you uh fill your your chalice with the contents of that canopic jar. It mixes with the blood that was left in there from your, your, uh, your Sacrifice. donation. <laughs> um, and when you down it, you enter into a deep sleep. And when you wake up, you are one of those creatures. Um, and you spend the rest of existence, uh, as part of that hive, um, reaching out through all of time and space with your mind and, 
connecting with all of the others. <laughs> nice. And um, finally, and Arthur, I have a family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, you, you never feel disconnected again. <laughs> Arthur, is there more you want to add to your... Uh, no, um, but, you know, maybe it's time to find a different river. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, uh, after, you, you, you maybe take one more trip down. I might try the know, Snake River. You can't, yeah, you can't quite get that itching feeling out from between your shoulder blades whenever you pass these, uh, yeah. these areas that you know that they, yeah. know they're watching. I'm just never going to be able to forget about so, that. So, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> So yeah, you uh, head up north into yeah. I might head up into Idaho and uh, and become a river check guide out the, for snake, river, the snake and the salmon and the or go the further Columbia. to the Columbia maybe. But you yeah. should uh, kind of mess up and go Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> so I go. I'm going somewhere far away from here. Oh no, not Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. End up in the Delta. <laughs> yep. Some tribe bringing you into the oneness. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are many different types of mothers in the Lovecraftian universe. So, yeah. Anyone want to add any others for their mm. their farewell? Yeah, I think so. I got pretty a good. pretty good vision. Of yeah. It. All right. Well, thank you all. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you, you, man. Fun, so, bud. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of too bad we lost a little bit there, but I think it worked out just fine in the end. Yeah, yeah I think it worked out. Uh, I think this is the first one shot I've survived. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause I, I was. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening.